When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi there, and welcome to Scout the Game Week. Scout the Game Week is Fantasy Football Scouts' weekly podcast brought to you by the Scout Network. In each episode, we will look back at the game week we have just played to assess what we can learn to help us in the next round of fixtures. I'm Ryan from Football Chatbox. Let's scout the game week. This week, I'm joined by Mark Jublin. Thanks so much for joining me today. How did game week two treat you? Hi, Ryan. Um, how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, and the game week was pretty good for me, I think. Solid start. Uh, I got 76 points added to the 80 of last week. So currently up to about 85k, which is much better than last season. I think last season in general was pretty horrific, um, but it ended with nine green arrows. So it wasn't too bad. And it looks like that momentum has continued. And um, I think having Kyle Walker as a double Man City defence mm. has, has gone quite well. Martinelli has been great having him. He just looks a sensational bargain. And Kulisevsky was chosen yeah. for the wrong reasons. He was probably chosen out of fear for not having Kane. They always say you shouldn't really pick players for sort of fear of missing out. You should use sensible reasons like do you really think he's going to do better than Luis Diaz etc but uh, it kind of worked on the opening weekend uh, despite that so so yeah a pretty good week um, Neko Williams's clean sheet was on the bench but I think that's pretty much the case for almost all of his owners so it's hard to get too upset about that and probably the best thing is going into game week three there's, there's two free transfers 0.5 million left in the bank mm. and a lot of the price points are pretty covered so yeah it's it's a strong start i think yeah so looking very solid i mean um with regards to kuliseski i don't think there's anything wrong with like covering a spurs asset like if you can't afford sun and kane i mean and you still feel like the spurs fixture is a really good fixture might as well get the third best option in, at that point so i don't think there was anything wrong with that but i agree with you the yeah go ahead no, yeah, well, the only reason, if it wasn't for Richarlison's suspension mm. on the opening weekend, I probably wouldn't have even risked that. Mm. Um, but because we pretty much knew yep. you definitely had that opening weekend, yep. thought, well, it, you allowed to start with a couple of short-term punts yep, in what could be an aggressive, because we have two wild cards mm. fairly early on to use, so it, it means you can afford to be more... Mm. short-term aggressive with transfers yeah so, yep. um, but it just so happened that he hauled and you know if 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 the early saturday team news reveals that 
he gets the start against Wolves as well, then uh, then even better. Every, every week from now is a bonus with him. Yep, fair enough. And the double city defense come in, I guess, fruitful to a lot of managers who've gone like big at the back. Um, I've gone just one single city defender and it's not enough at the moment because I've got only Nathan Ake. Um, but we'll have to see. I'm looking to try and get cancelled as well because of the amount of points he gets does a huge damage to my rank by not owning him. So we'll see. It's been more fruitful than the double Liverpool defence at least so far. Oof, yeah. Is that what you, do you have double Liverpool? No, I just have all, all single. I've gone with a premium draft I started off with. Uh, it was very close to doing that actually. Um, but sort of chickened out of it because I was thinking, well, the midfield. Mm. It feels like there was a big void in sort of... You yeah. sort of had Salah cheap midfielders but wasn't able to get to the middle guys and... yeah fair enough well yeah, I've got, my, my third um, premium was Sun so I'm hoping that the upcoming game week where Spurs' fixture do improve that he'll be useful hopefully let's see <laughs> oh he's great son he's just probably in terms of all time favourite FPL asset mm-hmm. he's got to be up there um, yeah yeah really enjoyed having him just like Sergio Aguero yes. in those days Always two, a great player to have. Two legends, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's get started with like the first game of the weekend, right? Um, so Aston Villa faced Everton. Um, and the main news for fantasy managers was that Liam Bay was benched. Um, and Watkins was back in the lineup, which saw Aston Villa actually do much more better than they did in game week one. Um, so looking at your squad as well, you also have Liam Bay. Do you plan to move him out of the squad um, now that you have two free transfers as well? Um, or... Do you plan to keep him? And let's say if if you plan to move him out, do you have any options lined up for him? The plan is the plan is to sell him. Uh, the fear was always that this would happen. Yeah, it's one of a few traps. I th- kind of got lulled into the Pedro Neto trap as well, but at least he's starting games because with Bailey, <laughs> I think when when it broke that he was going to be on the bench here, yeah. sort of tried to come up with ways to be optimistic like it was at home to Everton last season where yeah. he came on off the bench scored assisted yeah. Yeah. got injured and in pre-season against Man United he also came on at half time and changed the game so yeah. there was always some false hope that he would come on and do that again but he yeah. didn't and uh, I think especially his price is pr- most likely going to drop by the end of the week so I'm personally going to sell, especially because Buendia scored. Um, so that that just sort of pushes him even further out of the lineup. So I think ideally it would be for a Brentford midfielder. Mm-hmm. But um, I know Justice Silva was kind of the popular yeah, one right now. Exactly. He's already risen in price. But yeah. I do, I'm not so sure myself. I'll, Strangely enough, with him in pre-season, was strongly considering the silver, and now that he's scored twice in two games, gone off the silver. I, that's that's just an odd one. I think it's because they've they were his only two shots. Yeah, it was, so low, was low XG. XG. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of them was a De Gea error. Yeah. And even in the second game, he was taken off by the hour mark. Yeah. And at some point, Mikhail Damsgaard's going to get introduced as well. Mm. So it depends what you want from that fifth midfielder. If, if you want someone who is purely going to 
raise team value. He's, he's probably going to do that. Mm. But um, if you want someone with reliable starts, can't really guarantee that's that's the way. Yeah, fair enough. It'll be. Um, yeah, because just he's been the talk of the town, Justice Silva. Uh, but people will mention his low XG and also, like you mentioned, the low minutes as well. So whether he can keep it up, we don't really know. Um, but there aren't that many options as well in that price bracket. So I was looking at uh, replacing Leon Bay today as well because his price will, at the time we're recording it, his price hasn't fallen yet. But there's a chance that it will fall maybe tomorrow. Um, so for me, I was like, okay, let's look at a couple options. What do I really want? Do I want to save like a 0.5 million and use that 0.5 million somewhere else by getting like a fifth midfielder that's not going to be playing too much? So I've gone and got um, Harrison Reed from Fulham. Mm. Um, and I was looking at his minutes. His minutes seem to be guaranteed. So at least I know I'll get like two points at least. Um, his average touch position is also not too deep. Um, it's at the halfway line for both game weeks. So I was like, okay, that's not too bad. Um, and I'm not expecting too much apart from just like two points maybe per game. Uh, and I'm most likely not going to use him as well. I'll just free up that funds to probably use it somewhere in the defense or forward line. Um, so that's what I've done right now, but we'll see how it goes. Is that alongside Andreas? Yes, alongside Andreas Pereira. The double Fulham midfield yeah, dream. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll most likely be playing um, Andreas or Nico Williams whenever needed. And Harrison Reed mm. will probably be uh, most likely my third sub. Um, that's fair. There are some good... Even if you don't downgrade a 4.5 and go yeah. 5 million, there's not a lot there. Yeah. There's maybe Tewsbury Hall. Yeah, exactly. Um, not too many options. Well. Lerma, but like minutes, not really sure. I mean, in terms of minutes-wise, there aren't that many options. Um, and in terms of getting points as well, I guess Drewsbury Hall is your, probably your best option for 5 million. But even then... Are you going to be getting the same returns you got in game week one every week? Probably not. Yeah, it's another one where it's, it's sort of trying to guess whether it's points chasing yeah. or a genuinely consistent yeah. attacking returns. It's, it's I know the whole game is about predicting the future, but um, yeah, when someone has a, a rare goal, it, it's, it's kind of hard to know. You sort of really have to look at the stats and average position and stuff yeah. like that and, and see it. Is, it, is that a change in tactics from Brendan Rodgers or is, is that just he scored a goal? Yeah. I think, well, I think when Bournemouth, because they did beat Aston Villa on the opening day of the season and proved that they are capable, if certainly at home occasionally that they, they could be quite good. When their fixtures pick up around game week six, I think it is, you've got the new signing Marcus Tavernier, five million on set pieces. And um that's essentially what Andreas is doing for for less money. So um if you already have one and need another, it could be an option, but it's incredibly differential to suggest him right now. Mm, yeah, we'll have to wait and see how it does as well, right? With regards to that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. It's it's based on theory rather than actual Mm-mm. actual data. Yeah, so. that's true. Um, yeah. So for now, 
probably not that many options, but I guess it depends on where you want to use the funds um, with moving him. It's probably the conclusion. Yeah, it's kind of diff. In my team, it's kind of different because I used him as a fifth mid rather than yeah. a fourth midfielder. Yeah. yeah. Um, with the logic that he can sort of step in yeah. while Kulusevski faced Chelsea and while Neto faces Tottenham at the weekend, okay. it was kind of good to have a 12th man yeah. there. So, whereas I think a lot of people already have Bailey and Andreas. And yeah, okay. So you have yeah. the option to straight away go to Andreas Pereira if you want to. Yeah, so it's most likely him. But then again, I think he got a slight... Yeah, he has a, like a yellow knock. knock. Marker yeah. on him, so we'll have to see whether he's fit for game week three or not. I'm assuming he will be, but we'll have to see. Yeah, it's sort of a race between do we get an update on him before Bailey drops? Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's move on to the city game. Uh, Manchester City beat Bournemouth 4 0, and while managers might have expected a scoreline like that, they probably wouldn't have expected Haaland to come away with only one assist from it. Um, so Pep mentioned in his post-match that his players will need to start getting used to the fact that they now have a number nine in the box and that they will need to learn how to square it to him. Um, so do we think Haaland has still some way to go before being able to be a strong captaincy choice um, in a majority of fixtures like Salah? Um, or will the points always be shared amongst the City midfielders like they have been done before? Or not even City midfielders, but like City attackers in general. It's frustrating. Did you see Phil Foden not yes, square the that, ball? Exactly. That's the one I think Pep <laughs> mentioned that he needs to square to him. Yeah, so all, all of a sudden that goes in and, and Haaland is is the king. So yep. it, it's kind of hard to say because there was there were some the same sort of doubt as after the community shield after Haaland missed that chance and yep. next week he scored a brace at West Ham. So and people doubted Darwin Nunez in preseason and, and then he Scored, I think, was it four goals against Leipzig in a yeah. friendly, and, and did well on the opening day, um, and then got himself sent off last night. So yeah, it's it's. I think people looking at the fact that I think Haaland only had eight, eight touches in the yeah, in the whole and I think match. only two passes in total. Two passes. One yeah. of them was kick off. Yes, and um, one was the assist. And what was that? So, yeah. um, you could say well. If he's only passed twice and he's assisted once, that's a yep. pretty decent rate. Fair enough. Um, I think it, it probably will be shared out with Man City, mm-hmm. but sharing Man City's points could still be quite fruitful because of who they are. Yeah. Pep has already said that the playing style is going to evolve now that there's a number nine figurehead. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Number nine. So I think because his ownership's gone up so much since the opening day, it, it kind of be scared to. To go without. Um, mm. in, in terms of captaincy, I think the way the way the fixtures have landed for the next couple of weeks, people might not naturally be going for Haaland as captain anyway. So mm. certainly by then we'll have a better better set of data to sort of judge his captaincy prospects. Yep. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I think we'll have to. Well. He did eventually outscore Salah. Um, that was the main competition yeah. this week. Um, but it'll probably take a bit more time for, I guess, City to kind of get used to the fact that there is someone always going to be in that box compared to before when they were playing with a false nine. Might not necessarily have someone in the box always. Um, but 
we'll see. He still probably might be might take a bit of time, I think, to adjust. But in terms of matching Salah for like we can confidently captain him, I think I need to see a bit more data at least from my side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think the biggest the the other concern of Haaland over time is that when the midweek fixtures come in, yeah, that's something we'll have to see. There was that comment in that the uh, the athletic, the athletic article yeah. where they said that part of the convincing him to sign was that he would be getting mm. his minutes managed, and that's not great for FPL reasons. So, um, going to wait for it to happen before panicking, but yeah. it's definitely something to consider when it comes to captaincy and general selection. Fair enough. Um, okay, so let's move on to the Arsenal game. Um, Gabriel Jesus ended up with a massive haul of two goals and two assists on his home debut. Um, what did you think about his performance? And do you think he should be in the talk for captaincy for Game Week 3? Yeah, it's a fantastic performance. Um, his ownership was so like eye-wateringly high going yes. into the first game week, like levels we've not seen before. Um, only for him to sort of naturally blank on the opening day. So to get 19 points there, I think that's just that's just re-established how good of an option he is and how well that £8 million price could be made a mockery of pretty soon. Um, and as a county contender, yeah, because when I think people were comparing at the start of the season, whether to go Kane or Haaland, and they're saying, oh, well, it's because game three captaincy, Kane has Wolves and, and therefore Kane. But Jesus against Bournemouth arguably is is the one. Mm. Um, and it's easy to use the old uh, Man United as Salah's opponent's jokes about mm. how he has the easier game. But uh, it's not really, is it? Um, the trip to Bournemouth is... It's, it's, it's a great fixture for him. And yeah, I think w- with his ownership, he's a very strong contender. The only thing is that Salah does have a strong record against Manchester United. People, Some people maybe don't put stock in a past data like that, but uh, if players do have favourite opponents, yeah. it's, it's sort of a, a mental game, really, that they'll probably go in the match pretty confident of it. But certainly Jesus could easily be in the lead for captaincy. Yep. yep. I think, are, you, are you thinking of that? Because um, I I look at it this way, like Arteta tries to play his Arsenal side in a similar way to how City play. Um, and obviously Arsenal are no City and they'll probably face the same level of uh, deep backline that Bournemouth played against City. Um, so we'll have to see whether the playing styles can be in a situation where Arsenal can get the same amount of goals like Bournemouth, I mean, that uh, City did, um, whether they can overload um, Bournemouth's backline um, and try and find chances. But without knowing that, it's going to be hard to tell. I think this game week, we'll probably see a lot of divide in terms of captaincy. Um, I still think it's a good option, given the form he's on. We knew what we were getting uh, before the season started, like we a lot of like his ownership was really high because of the fact that he had a really good preseason. Um, Arsenal's opening fixtures were also really good, so I know we, he blanked in game week one, but even in game week one, he looked pretty good and did have mm-hmm. like a couple chances to get some returns as well from there. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's um, you know, in the in the same way that Kane blanked game week one yeah. and and Salah blanked on Monday night. It's yeah. it happens to everyone, and yeah, he did look good against Palace despite that. So yeah, he's he's a fantastic option for captaincy and seriously considering it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will touch on Salah as well when we get to like the looking at game week three and all captaincy stuff as well. Um, mm. But um. I want to move on to um, Nottingham Forest. So, their first home game back in the Premier League, uh, Nottingham Forest beat West Ham 1-0. Um, for fantasy managers, Nico Williams posted a non-penalty XGI of 0.60, which I think was the second highest in that game. Um, and you mentioned you had him as well on the bench. I've got him as well on the bench. The question is, could he be a good starter next week for those who have... Leon Bay or Aneto? It's, yeah, that's probably the, in terms of plans for next week, that's a big development because we've already seen that Nottingham Forest had the ability to keep a clean sheet. Mm. They've already got one on the board and not only that, but they've got a wing back there in Williams who's who had five goal attempts, which yeah. until, I haven't checked after the Liverpool game on Monday, but five goal attempts so far as the joint most of all defenders mm. and his xgi is right up there amongst all defenders no matter what the price mm. and they're against an everton who whose only goal has been an own goal yeah that's and they don't have a striker yeah basically so and he's on set pieces i think he's on, he's on some corners and free kicks i believe so yes so that's that's uh that's kind of the complete package for a four million pound defender and yeah all of a sudden um, with Andreas maybe potentially being a, a doubt, um, mm. it could be quite a strong week for going five at the back. Mm. Um, if 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 that's the way their backline looks, uh, yeah. I'm not normally a fan of five at the back, but that's such a good fixture for for Williams, um, both defensively and offensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think all of a sudden that's. Uh, He's got the data, he's got the clean sheet, he's got set pieces, and the opponent doesn't seem like they're yeah. in a good place right now. So, yeah. He, he's very tempting um, because they've now, like, even West Ham is not a team that's easy to, like, one beat and also to keep a clean sheet against. Um, so, that's probably more assuring the fact that they can go, even though it's a away game uh, for Everton. Um, it kind of gives you a bit more confidence given that, like you mentioned, Everton haven't really scored a goal. The only goal they got was from an own goal. Um, they did post some good levels of, of, of XG numbers against uh, Villa. But even then, with no striker, and I think the manager for Nottingham, Nottingham Forest is also pretty good. So, like, I'm not going to... It might not be an easy game, but I wouldn't be too worried about, like, not starting him, I guess. Especially given the fact that Leon Bay, we don't know if he'll start the third game or not. Andreas Pereira has that question mark over him. So it's not the worst situation for managers to be in, I guess, to play him. It's the battle of the four million pound wing backs, really, because Everton yes. have Patterson. Uh, Patterson. Yeah. Um but his, he's he's on much less ownership, but it could be the same for him as well, really. Um if you have either one of those two, mm-hmm. it's probably a good game to play them. Mm-hmm. The one other thing about Williams is that Although Forrest did 
keep West Ham out, yep. there was a bit of luck involved, maybe in, mm, in terms penalty of penalty and everything. Uh, yeah, all of that, like the, the penalty, disallowed goals, the XG, all that. Lot. It it was maybe uh, yeah, it the clean sheet was registered, but. Yeah, most but, of the time that wouldn't happen. Yeah, fair enough. There is a level of hundred times. Yeah, it wouldn't happen. But uh, that always—that's you could use that logic for yeah. so many reasons. Yeah, and exactly. the fact is, he got the clean sheet, played yeah. well. Five I, goal attempts from two games. I guess at the four million price line, the fact that you can potentially get a clean sheet and potentially get attacking returns is what is quite tempting. I guess. It's the new John Lundstrom. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. I hope so. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, all right. Moving on to the London derby. Um, Chelsea faced Spurs in a game that ended 2-2. Um, were there any players that caught your eye in that game? Apart from the maybe the um, regulars, like Rhys James. <laughs> well, certainly that game that game did catch the eye in general, but yeah. mostly for the managers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Take away the... The heavily owned players like James and the Spurs guys, I think it's got to be Kukurea, really. Mm. Um, five million, he assisted Koulibaly's goal. What a volley as well. Oh, wow. Um, he tried it again as well, and I was like, whoa, this guy. So good. Um, yeah. So that shows that he, he's on set pieces. He's seemingly ahead of Chilwell right now because Tuchel, Tuchel's quotes on Chilwell was that after his long injury, he lacks a bit of rhythm. Mm. Uh, and feeling to sort of be back into this. And he was in Chelsea's development squad yes. match on Monday. So yep. it certainly seems like right now it's Kukurea's spot. And mm. even if Chilwell does come in, he's he'll just go to the left centre-back. Yeah, exactly. Kukurea. So it depends if they, if they do sign Wesley Fafana or any other sort of big-money centre-back. Mm. Um, and... I guess they're likely to, but if if, if they didn't yep. somehow, Kukurea is fairly nailed on. I think I think it has to be said. Um, and with the bonus of being on set, some set piece duties, that that's uh, it's a great option. Beyond that, it's hard to say. I mean, Perisic did come on and, and get his assist, but yep. we just don't know yet. Um, again, if if there's some early team news leagues ahead of Spurs on, on Saturday um, that that could tempt some into doing a last minute transfer to Perisic but uh, apart from that just Kukurea for me what what do, what do you think? Yeah I think Kuk- so he is the more tempting one Kukurea um, for 5 million but I think the Perisic one is probably for me I just need to wait and see because one we still don't know whether he will we're, like Spurs fans are expecting him to start for game victory, but we're still not sure, right? We can't we can't be fully confirmed of that. The other thing is the upcoming um, Champions League fixtures and midweek fixtures, whether there'll be rotation involved in that as well. Um, and then the question arises, will Perisic play the UCL fixtures or will he be playing the Premier League fixtures? Um, so I think there's a bit too many doubts right now with regards to him. I'm happy to kind of wait on it and see before trying to get him. But at the same time, if you owned him, would you start him though? Or would you sell him? Um, if there's 
if it gets closer to the deadline and there's still no clue whether you would play or not, I would still, I would still keep him yeah. for now. But yeah, if I feel like the appeal is already very much dampened down. I think the, the appeal with Perisic was start with him game week one, he'll be brilliant, he'll score in the first game yeah. and then it's his place to lose. Yeah. Um, and we'll worry about rotation when the time comes, but that time is getting close and yeah. he still hasn't started. So if if you've if you've got him, um it's maybe worth keeping him for this week just in case. Sessignon yep. was substituted yep. fairly early on in the second half, I think, against Chelsea. So um it, it could be time. And then Perisic came on and assisted, so it could have switched back in his favour. Hmm. So maybe just stick with him for this week see what happens but yeah it might it might it just might not happen with him yeah as an asset yeah i think it's so it's both of them perisic and kukurel are the main two talking points i guess rich james showed that whether he plays right center back or right wing back he'll somehow try and get us an attack in return um yeah yeah but yeah even as right center back he was yeah. still um finding himself in some great positions mm-hmm. still doing the crosses like in the half spaces maybe yeah. instead of so yeah, it was very good to have. I think last season he was a bit of a. It was wasn't having a great time with Reese James last season. Oh, okay. As soon as I took him out, he scored twenty one points against oh, Newcastle. Yeah, um, I had all his halls and blanks <laughs> last season. Yeah. So I saw both ends of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, you sometimes you, you sometimes have those players who you think are your sort of enemy, your FPL enemy, and. <laughs> That was definitely James last season because it was just in and out. It was always the opposite of what yeah. what you wanted it to be. So it, it was refreshing to be able to start with him yeah. and start with two returns from yeah, him. Yeah, fair enough. That's how I know that it's been a good start yeah. because yeah. Uh, to have reached James while he returns, wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and not just ones and zeros. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Um, okay, let's turn our attention to Game Week 3. Um, let's talk captaincy. We touched on it before as well. Now, we will probably, this is where I think the Liverpool game will also be touched on slightly, but like, who do you think for, in terms of game week three captaincy options, which players are probably the best options and like, what would be your reasons? I think it would be either Jesus or Salah. Mm-hmm. The, the problem... Haaland, I mean, this could be biased because I'm a Newcastle fan, but I think it's okay now to say that Newcastle are quite good. I would agree. Defensively. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, for, for a while, it just sounded like bias, but it's two clean sheets from two. It's 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 a, it's a tough. It's a tough. It's game. a harder it's fixture. A... I would um like on the fixture difficulty rating, I would probably bump them up one more than what they are. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I think they're a much better team. Um, and it's probably not the same Newcastle under Mike Ashley. So it'll probably be way more better and much more a much more harder game I'm expecting for City. Yeah, it's going to be tough. And I'm sure they'll win. I was at the equivalent match last season. I think it was 4 0 the City. And it was just, it could easily have been so much more. Um, so, you know, whilst it might, whilst it, it might be a City win, probably, probably will. They will find a way, you'd imagine. Um, I can just see that being a low-scoring game. So, 
they would stick with Salah or, or Jesus in that respect. And mm-hmm. Salah against Manchester United is the two meetings last season, 43 points from, from two mm-hmm. matches. Salah, five goals, two assists. It's kind of incredible. So it's and combine that with what happened with Man United at Brentford. Um, it does feel like it's all set up for Salah captaincy, but um, but Jesus, the Bournemouth weren't expected to be Villa, but yep. and they did, but they should still be targeted. I think. Yeah, fair enough. Um, for me, I did captain Salah in one of those pictures, the one he got the hat trick in um, early on in the season. Being a United fan. Uh, but the reason I captained him back then was the form that Liverpool were on, especially he was on as well. Um, now, mm. obviously, Liverpool, I still think they will beat United, but they've had a slightly rough start, I would say, compared to previously. Um, and again, I think this would, while United haven't looked good, I think the potential of Salah's points will depend on what lineup is being put out by United. If it's the same backline with no Varane or Malaysia, then I think Salah might have a field day. If not, then I think the result, or at least his points potential might be lower than what we are expecting. Yeah, and once when you face a team that's just been heavily defeated, yeah. it, it may not be the best time actually in a way because they... You, how often do you see two consecutive heavy defeats? I mean, Ten Hag will have them... They were saying the reports that he had them in on Sunday, yeah, got them running the exact, yeah. running the exact length that the Brentford guys did to sort of prove a point. And yeah, yeah I think they he's probably not a guy you want to annoy too much. So mm. that could see Man United maybe being a bit more on the ball um, this time, um, especially with being Liverpool and at home. Mm. So yeah, there could be a reaction. And as you said, the. Liverpool's start has been not... I mean, two draws against yep. sides that they would probably be expecting to yeah. defeat both times. Yeah. So, I don't know what's going on there. Is it, is it a reaction to Mane leaving? Is it... I, I would probably say a bit unlucky because they've created enough chances. Um, But I... I'm enjoying it as a United fan, uh, but <laughs> uh, I'd probably say it's just a bit unlucky. Um, the other thing I would add to is there have been like rumors going online with regards to a potential protest on that game. Now, the game did get postponed last time it happened. So I guess that is something managers might want to consider. And even if you're selecting Salah as a captain, probably select a good vice captain in just in case something does happen. Yes, if in that case, don't select a Liverpool captain and vice. Yes, make sure the vice yeah. is in a different game. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh right, didn't know that. Um, yeah, it's be interesting to see if that happens again because it was Liverpool. It was Liverpool last time. Yeah, where it happened. Uh, oh no, last time it was at Old Trafford that the game got cancelled. So this time oh, also right, at yeah. Old Trafford. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. Um, but in terms of Gabriel Jesus, I think he's a pretty good option. Um, and also, I think him and Salah, I think it's a probably a pretty close call. But in terms of form, probably Gabriel Jesus and Arsenal probably nick it a bit uh, in terms mm-hmm. of just form basis. 
But a team we haven't spoken about, and maybe we would have thought they would have been a good captaincy option. Spurs against Southampton. Yeah, they've um, it's it's interesting. So Kane Kane was on the verge of starting with two blanks, and then mm. all of a sudden one Heppel via teammate later, and he, he's already on the board for this season. So mm. um, the the facing Wolves at home, I think that's. Wolves have gone from five at the back to four yep. at the back. Yep. And um, don't think. Oh, yeah, I think against that's... Wolves. I said Southampton, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, well, this, this, it was definitely fear in that Southampton game as a non Kane owner. Yep. So it was kind of a miracle to see him totally blank. But um, Wolves, it's. it's it's hard to really assess what a Wolves is because I think we've seen various versions of them over the yeah. past few years. There was the spell where they were keeping clean sheets every week with Jose Bruno. Sa, yeah. and they were just, there was like, I don't know, six clean sheets from mm. eight games at one point. It was brilliant, but then then it sort of tailed off at the end of the season and conceded two of the leads as well. So it, it is a, it is a quite a safe differential captaincy choice to be fair I think having Kane or Son captain against Wolves but I think just in terms of Jesus it's he has the players in form the teams in form yep. and they have the easier opponent in theory so yeah fair enough so all three factors yep. point you towards Jesus but yep. yeah if, for someone who wants to uh, go against the grain a bit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with Captain and Kane or Son against Wolves. Yep, fair enough. Um, and then now, another question is there. So there'll be many managers will be going into this game week with two free transfers. Um, would it be wise to save one of those transfers for game week four, given that there are some tough fixtures for teams in game week three? Like you mentioned, City versus Newcastle probably a tough fixture. Um, United are playing Liverpool. Uh, Chelsea are playing. Leeds, not, I mean, that's not that hard, but at the same time, not the easiest as well, I guess, away at the moment for Chelsea. It's, yeah, it's a good point that you bring up, really. The, the game week three fixtures, as great as game week two looked on paper for better template assets, game week three does look uh, not as obviously. Yeah. Great, but at the same time, if if you roll a transfer over and have two for game week four, yeah, game week four fixtures are really fantastic. Exactly. For, for so you probably don't need two that week either. Um, so it could just be rolling, rolling, rolling. So Olympus gets style to to game week five. Um, yeah, because game week four, Liverpool are at home to Bournemouth, Arsenal are at home to Fulham, Chelsea at home, even Chelsea at home to Leicester is is a good fixture. So. Um, it purely is a team by team basis. If if you can get away with one transfer this week, because no one really stands out, mm-hmm. and then game week four only one because everyone stands out. All of a sudden, you're in a good position heading into game week five, where I think the fixtures do start to turn a little bit. Yeah, <clears throat> the I mean the fixtures do. There's like a there's like a time period where the promoted teams also get like better fixtures from. I think game week six, seven, around that time mm-hmm. as well. And like some of the top teams, their fixtures start to get a bit more harder as well around that time period. That and the introduction of European football. Yes. 
Yep. So as a combination, yeah, that's that's that could be a a good sort of sliding doors moment. Maybe that's when some people up to wild card, but yep. um yeah, that's it's to wait and see in that respect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um and then the final question is are there any differentials who you think would perform great this weekend uh who managers could sign up to help them climb up the ranks I actually had Wilf Zahar noted down before Monday night's goal okay. um just cuz in general I'm just re- excited for Palace's fixtures yep. to get better because I really like to get on either him yep. or Eze and maybe one of their defenders because their underlying stats defensively last year was superb mm-hmm. um but we're still not quite there yet. The, the, the game week fixture is is a good game, though. So I think they were against Aston Villa at home. Yep. So as a as a differential, yeah, I think Wolf Sahar could yep. work. I think elsewhere, do we do we count Ivan Tony as a as a differential? I guess so. We can probably. Uh, what's I don't think his ownership is that high. If I'm not mistaken, I'm just checking it right now. Um, it's just risen overnight, so nine percent still. I guess that's pretty decent, not too high. I would say. We'll, we'll count that. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll count we'll, that we'll as a differential. Count that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tony at Fulham. Yeah, uh, it's a good one. I think the last Leicester have Castagna, mm-hmm. who should be fairly locked in the team now that Ricardo Pereira's yep. out for a while, uh, unfortunately. So that's a good fixture for them at home at Southampton. Although I, th- I guess a lot of people might have gone the Danny Ward route. Yeah, fair enough. Probably don't want to have double Leicester there, but yeah, yeah such an attacking potential. Yep. Um, really looking at Pascal Gross going forward. Maybe not so much this weekend against West Ham um, away, which maybe isn't an obvious time to buy him, but certainly from game week four, they've got mm. Leeds, Fulham, Leicester, Bournemouth mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a sequence, which is pretty much as good as it gets really mm. so yeah there's there's definitely some options it'd be interesting with man city as well if bernardo yeah does leave gundogan also seems like a pretty decent option yeah yeah gundogan's definitely i think on the last day of last season they were sort yeah. of preparing for him to leave as a sort of a goodbye but then but then things happen he wins the title for them yeah all of a sudden he's the one looking to stay and, and Bernardo's the one supposedly leaving. So mm. th- th- there are some good differential options for this, for this week. And certainly going forward over the next f- four or five weeks, I really yep. like the look of gross, for example, but yep. who have you picked out? Um, I like your shout with regards to Zaha <clears throat> because he did have a good preseason as well. Um, so I think he is a, probably a pretty good shout. Ivan Tony. Like you mentioned, good fixtures upcoming for Brentford. Um, like a, a sea of green when you look at their fixtures. Um, so I think he is another good shout. So I, those are the two I would probably go with at the moment. Um, Cooker, not Cooker, um, Pascal Gross, I think this is where when I asked the previous question with regards to do you maybe save that extra free transfer um, and wait in game week four? Because then maybe, maybe then you can probably move Pascal Gross and someone else as well, depending on what you want to do. Um, in terms of squad structure as well. Yeah, is um, I suppose it's probably not wise to 
buy a player and then immediately bench him. Yeah. And um, when you intend for, for the next week, that's, there's plenty of time for that to yeah. go wrong. So yeah, it might be better to save a gross transfer yeah. Yeah. rather than do it now. But yeah, they um, he's, he's another example of someone who has a tough tough-ish game week mm-hmm. three, but has it great afterwards. Yep, fair enough. Um, and that's basically it we have. So thank you for your time today, Mark. Um, do you have anything to plug? Um, nope, not really. Just um, give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Jobling FPL. That's Mark with a C. Um, it, it's been a problem for years, but it's Mark Mark with a C. Um, yeah, just that really. And thanks for having me on, Ryan. No worries. Thank you. Um, so that's it for this week's Scout the Game Week. I'll be back next time to look back on Game Week 3 and ahead to Game Week 4. Green arrows all.